probably you know do something like that mm. but um glad to be here uh so yeah i just really wanted to get an outside perspective i think we all did about how we're facing this challenge of trying to keep a radio station alive during a pandemic and it is certainly a different different pace for us um mm. trying to keep up with everything still trying to keep people engaged and keeping our station alive so um i had a few questions um i didn't know if you had a few as well to kind of go through but i assume this would just be more of an kind of an open discussion to kind of just go through things and how everyone's really dealing with things that are going on right now yeah i don't have any uh, questions right off the top of my head but i'm willing to answer anything about our college radio experience yeah yeah for sure um so i just was kind of curious about a little bit of background like kind of a pre-interview kind of thing mm -hmm. but um i was just curious like how long you've been on campus what's kind of your station kind of moto um things like that um how like how are your students or how are your members doing things like that mm -hmm. yeah so it's definitely been interesting so i go to Wheaton college which is in southern Massachusetts is a pretty small school, sort of rural-ish area. And for our station, it's always been, it started off pretty small. So I'm going to be a junior and it's been growing these past few years. Also in name recognition, just among the student body, but also in participation. So we were at a pretty like good mark and then everything shut down. So we couldn't go in and we couldn't record. And really for the rest of the semester when we were remote, we didn't do any shows, we didn't do any podcasts, and it only became during like in May and during the summer that we've started to do uh, different shows or different uh, things. And it's been difficult to, I guess, to get involvement because we did start pretty late. I mean, we started in the summer for what probably should have started right after in the spring, even so in winter. So it's been a lot of myself and our general manager, Adam Bass, who's like the president it's been a lot of that and us taking the initiative and putting out shows and personally to still get radio people involved. I've been doing a lot of interviews. So even though they can't have their own show, it's involving them in that way. So they'll still be on for maybe half an hour to an hour of this interview type. And so they're connected to the radio station, even though they don't have time to put their own podcast up. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how we kind of just went the same way. Like everything got shut down um, we were still trying to, we're still currently on air, um, but we were still trying to figure out a way how to remotely program our shows on a radio station. Um, so that was a bit of a difficulty. And um, uh, Jay can kind of add on this, like we recently switched over to a new software called Zeta. Um, and we just like, well, about two weeks ago, we decided to do a summer because um, we do a summer uh schedule and then a fall schedule but our summer schedule just started about a week ago so we've been also delayed as well um facing kind of the same issues as that um i think another question i was kind of wanted to ask was yeah like since it's been kind of hard to engage radio people um since radio like it's harder to access radio and be a part of the radio um, is doing podcasts is the only is that the only thing you've been um, actively doing or have you been doing any other type of um, engagement with your radio people? Yes, yeah, so we've been doing. Um, well, so we're currently looking at finding ways to actually do live broadcasting, even though we're not going to be going into the studio actually because just it's not safe anymore. 
uh, to be there. So we've been mostly primarily on podcasting um, and getting out that way. And that's been a, a learning curve. I know you can probably look at a lot of our earlier ones and they're a lot rougher. I, I don't really edit them as much because I take it as, just take it as is and I don't know editing that well. So sometimes they're, I think the first or second episode I did, the person I was talking to, their fire alarm kept going off. So like that's heard in the, that's heard in the background through most of it. And they had to sort of go off because of that. Or you'll hear cars going in the background. And I was like, oh, I could take that out. I could um, try to learn editing, but I thought it just sort of shows the time of what it is. And there's an interview series I've been doing where it's called a moment in history. It's just, it's interviewing people sort of like as a primary source document, just to get all of their thoughts and experiences. I was like, if there's a lag, I'll bring that up and ask them to repeat stuff. But I'm not going to edit it out because that shows the experience that we're all going through. So it's it's been this weird transition that I don't think we weren't prepared for. And I think we're still learning how to do it. So I know um, some people, even on our exec board, haven't done a show because they said, oh, I really want to learn how to edit it and make it good. And I have been like, I'm not going to bother with editing. I'm just going to sort of put it up, which is, it's its own, like, it'd be better if it was edited, but also that's just a lot more time that I'd be dedicating to the radio station that I'm already am trying to put out shows and to get people involved. We've also been, I took it on myself to reach out to other college radio stations, really, I guess, around the country have been doing it now and we're getting responses back. So we're trying to collaborate with them and send, um, different posters or try to work on shows together just to get if I guess we can't get excited sometimes in our own community or having trouble within our own radio community we can branch out and try to do it that way yeah I think that's I like just talking to you I think that's definitely a really important thing because we like even though radio like college radio is so different and diverse like we really are facing pretty much the same issue of like for us the main thing is keeping everyone engaged figure on how to do radio things, get people involved. And yes, I really, I mean, I liked your point about saying about editing. I think that, um, I don't know, that definitely does show the time. I didn't really see it that way, but um, cause I, cause we're trying to do remote um, mic breaks and try to have people talk um, on air remotely. So I feel like it's bound to happen when like a car drives by or, you know, like your roommate stumbles in and I don't know, says some random I don't know if I can say the s word but um <laughs> but uh like it's about to happen I I kind of I mean you can't really edit on air things so I mean it's kind of really taken in like a podcast like you're saying or producing it's kind of just still on air but in a podcast form um yeah we we do some podcasts but uh I don't know Cami you do more of that action but I don't really yeah I'm curious of like how like, I'm still learning how to do that. Like, that could be, this is going to be a new kind of thing that I'm going to learn how to do and so forth. But definitely a learning curve for sure. Um, but still, still doing it. Um, yeah, one thing um, Cammie has been really great about as the content director is she's actually been arranging Zoom meetings where she does trainings for people, which I think has really helped our staff members stay connected. Um, Cammie, you've done audio and graphics now, right? And you're still doing a video pretty soon? Yeah, uh, just kind of trying to work through those and having 
different staff who are like more experts on those areas. Like Aaron um, actually led, Aaron and our creative director, Dan, led our uh, graphics one. Just kind of letting different people on our staff highlight the skills that they have while also teaching it to other people. And then um, I've been recording those as well to save in like our uh, mass like Google Drive so that they can be available for people um, anytime someone's like, hey, like, I want to know how to make a GIF or something. And I can be like, oh, guess what? We've got stockpile of training on that. So here you go. So just kind of, I've seen this time as um, a way to take advantage of this, having this extra time and people wanting to learn new skills and kind of be creative in different ways. So teaching what we know and what we can teach and learning myself a lot too. Yeah, and I mean, we are Ted, like, I mean, at College Radio is kind of, you know, technically a learning lab. I don't know what they call it there, but it's like definitely anyone who kind of joins radio is has no idea what they're doing. At least I didn't. I don't know if you guys did, but I came into it very afraid and like knowing I was going to mess up, but, you know, kind of having the safety net of, you know, being able to learn. So, and that's what I like about I mean, this, yeah, the pandemic has definitely taught all of us, I think, to kind of go outside what we normally do and try to make something out of it, even though we don't even know how. But, and I think it's been successful. I'm, um, Cami also has been making a lot of content that's outside of uh, radio, but, and more so focusing on the Lawrence community in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, which has been really perceived really well because we are kind of promoting these businesses saying, hey, they're still here. This is what they're doing for the community and kind of having that relationship with the community um, as a radio station has kind of, has been really, I think, really like thoughtful and the response from it has really been really great, which I know is we not, we haven't really done much community kind of content or writing in the past. I mean, we have, but not to this extent, which I think is really powerful. Um, and yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been hard, but cool, I think, in the, in the long run. Um, so with that, I was just like, I know, I've, like, with our engagement, some people are kind of nervous about, hey, what's all, what's going to happen? Like, how are we going to do remote DJing when we can't even be on the station? Like, I get that question a lot. So I was wondering, like, is your kind of following DJ radio people still kind of like, are they optimistic about it? Or are they still kind of confused or like they just they don't know what's going on? But um, yeah, I was curious that. I think it's definitely a mix of that because we have um, I think we have some people, especially in the executive board, who are pretty dedicated to having shows and some people who have just love having shows on campus. But. I think getting them to, I think it will maybe a mental leap for them to take time out of their day to record a remote show and then have that up or find a different way to do that instead of just walking down to the studio. Cause I don't know much about you, but with our own school, it's a very small campus. You can get pretty much, if you walk fast enough anywhere in five minutes. So it's like, we can just, I can leave my dorm room five minutes before I have a show and be there in time, probably with like a minute to spare and have everything up. So I think it's gonna be a mental leap a few people or probably a good amount to have a show and to be able to work into it so we're working with people trying to encourage them to do podcasts and to do 
different uh, shows. It's also been hard, I think, just with everything that is going on to get people to think that they should do a show or that it's feasible to do a show. I know myself, I stopped doing a certain type of show after um, George Floyd, that video came out. I stopped doing a certain type of show because I saw everyone on social media, they were talking about different advocacy things, talking about um, different protests going on. I just felt weird promoting this like silly show I did yeah. at that time. So I took a break and then everyone's on the radio did. And it's only after that, that I started to do more of an interview style show. So I think really just convincing people, at least on our, my stations that, it's like it's still okay to do a radio show and that they should and that it can actually be something that helps them through this time mm -hmm. or can add to a narrative will be a leap that I think can be jumped but it'll be difficult for a while. Yeah, yeah, I'm because I know like we've kind of like we all of us we did have to pick up programming like 24 hour shifts once a week because we we didn't really have anyone to fill the time that we do. Um, and even now, our programming director, who couldn't unfortunately make it, he's been literally programming the whole entire summer, like just one guy doing it, um, just because we just didn't really know how to go forth with recording and also having a new software, things like that. Um, but yeah, I definitely am a bit concerned like since you know a radio station is usually a hub djs you know you associate djs with being in a radio station you know doing that thing so i think people i think it might be harder to get people to um be engaged with they're doing podcasts so they're not going to be in the station i think that is one thing i do worry about um especially with freshmen they don't really know how or what we are in the first place so you know, trying to get someone involved that knows nothing about it um, is kind of, I think, is almost scary, to, I would think, you know, because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being in the station, uh, when I first started, like, being there and having someone kind of oversee what I'm doing um, definitely helped me a lot, because I was like, okay, if I mess up, someone's not far away, but, you know, being a freshman DJ, and you're DJing remotely, and you mess up, like, there's no one there to kind of help you out. Yeah, I can definitely say from, so at least from Whedon's end, um, all of our clubs are basically like, you show up for radio and they're like, okay, you have a show, go and do it. Yeah. That's sort of how we, a lot of the clubs run. I can definitely see myself like as a freshman, I had other friends who went into radio with me and it was easier that way. And I think you can always be like, not many people do listen to the radio. We have like an average amount probably, where it's, it's a growing audience. But you can always sort of think like, oh, well, at least I know some people are, or they may be. I think it's, so it can be discouraging to a newer person to know they're going to go into something. If they put up a podcast and they're like, one, it's just, it's a weird medium to work with because you're not talking into a mic, you're talking over Zoom or something. It's weird. I get, I think I can definitely see it would be more discouraging. And I probably would not have joined radio my freshman year if I had to do, go into podcasting instead of like live shows. Yeah, yeah, it just, it makes me curious of how, like, in the future after this pandemic is over, if you join as a freshman, like, how are you going to feel, like, as a sophomore or in the spring semester? Like, I don't know, it's just a whole other realm. Um, it's, it's different, like, it's not, it's still, you're still on air, but, I mean, there's definitely a different, I guess, like, it's a different mood of being in a station, you know, 
being at the soundboard and you know talking to a mic rather rather than you know just talking to your computer um so yeah i'm like i'm kind of sad that you know some people are going to miss out on that and i feel like starting off on yeah yet again um remotely i think it does lack its luster i would say and i would just hope that i can be a good enough salesperson to be hey stick with it because you know it does get better um so I hope people are optimistic about it. Um, I don't want people to come in thinking that like, oh, this is what radio is, um, but clearly it's not. Um, but yeah, I want to know. know yeah. We've had to, we've definitely had to think outside the box in terms of like recruitment strategy, especially for this year, because not only, not only with the station, but the whole college just kind of being in upside down state <laughs> for all the freshmen coming in. Um, we have to be a little more creative in how we reach out to them. But are you guys are you guys changing anything about your recruitment, or are you just kind of letting things fall how they will? So we actually haven't talked too much about. Yeah, I think it's because it's been so we've had some trouble getting contact with our advisor and other exec members. I think because internships start, or we have an exec member who lives in Puerto Rico and different time we have different time zones and internet connections are just aren't always that great so it can be have its own difficulties and everyone's going through different things uh, so we haven't discussed it too much I can definitely see it's going to be a lot of posting on like sending out mass emails or big Facebook pages for each class because you my recruitment strategy the past two years has been taking a stack of papers with sign-up sheets and going around to activity fairs and forcing people to take them and like we've gotten a relatively good amount of shows that way. I just heard me for, and that's not a possibility this year. So it's like, it'd be dangerous for me to do that. So it's definitely this weird, we're gonna think we're, we're probably gonna rely on a lot of re hopefully people returning if they do. And then maybe word of mouth somehow getting that around that people wanna join. But for recruitment, it's, it's, it has to be pretty much all through social media now and even then it's, like how many, how many times people actually check their class year Facebook page and how many times do they sign up for something that they see on that. So we're probably expecting less shows or less participation this year, but I think everyone's going to. And I think with radio being such a niche thing already of people who like to do it and want to do it, it will sadly be a club, I think, for us that's going to take a hit. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, same, same here. Um, just we do programming posters and we print them out and um, that's kind of a big sell for us, just kind of having our program kind of all lined out and a cool kind of in a poster form. But like, even then I think we're cutting back on how many posters we're printing because um, it's going to be pretty much yeah dangerous trying to give out posters and things like that. We, we kind of have some like stickers we did make, um, but we have to find a different way to get the word out that's not printed, but in a safe way as well. Um, so that's what we're dealing with, kind of an issue with that. Um, and same with uh, trying to find other digital ways to get our get us out there. Um, our biggest is social media. Um, so unfortunately, we do have like pretty good audience on that. Um, but we're now planning on trying to put posters in the windows of our station just to like catch someone's eye, maybe things like that. But usually like our posters will kind of be downtown in, in the Lawrence area and also on campus. Um, as you kind of pass one by or 
people kind of look at it and take pictures or I just usually take it, but things like that. Um, so it's definitely a change, I think, because um, a lot of our presence is kind of in person. At least that's how I got involved. I went to, you know, even at a, I, like a DJ or not just like a, a promo, promotional booth um, my freshman year. That's how I joined. So I think just ha having that lack of person is also a big thing. Um, and yeah, yet again, might have a lack in an audience, which I think we are also expecting as well this year. Um, I'm gonna ask, um, Harrison, is your radio station a lot more like just programming and like music show based rather than having like online and like web content as well? Because I think I know we've been relying a lot on obviously like we've been able to keep our 24 seven like stream and programming going. But kind of one of the biggest things that we've been able to do outside of that has been making like articles and videos and like web content because we already had those established platforms um but i'm not quite sure like what the situation is with your radio station if you have those or if you're like purely just fm um and kind of how that not having those extra outlets has been working for you and if that's something you've thought about like branching into if yeah you so yeah so before um really may we were only live broadcast and only um, on FM. And we didn't have that really, I think we had a streaming service so you could get a link and listen to it, but it was all that nothing was, we had nothing online really. I think that was a really big, in hindsight, a big detriment to our station. One, because we went into this totally unprecedented time, not knowing really what to do for a while or not having any experience in that, but also, with having recorded stuff in these past few months it's definitely a different experience and i think we could have advertised that better if we had that and different people would have gotten an interest and involved or if they don't want to have a live show they can do this other thing where they can learn how to edit and learn how to really put a product out that's going to remain there where a live show is just there and gone but i think yeah we did have a pretty for such a small school i think we don't really have any clubs that are like have more than 30 members actively just because we're only 1700 people so we had we were a big club considering what our school was and we had a pretty active live shows and i think we took such a hit when we went offline when we went we remote because we didn't have any other things to transition into so we sort of were caught off definitely caught off guard where we maybe didn't have to be if we had thought of branching out earlier. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, we all didn't see it coming, obviously, like, as for us, we just, we, we had spring break early, and um, literally, we left, you know, the day of spring break, thinking that we were going to come back, um, only to know, like, five days into spring break, they said, okay, you're not going to have don't come back next week and then like three days after that they said okay look you're not coming back at all so um I think that was a huge shock to a bunch of people just even me like leaving the station I remember just like oh it's spring break I'll see you guys in a week um having that mentality leaving like that was definitely a huge shock for us and definitely kind of put us into hyper gear of okay how are we going to maintain our station when no one's no one can go back 
Um, and no one really, I feel like no one, even I didn't even have, like, I had to go back to school to get a textbook because I didn't even have, I didn't even bring it home. Like, and just having that, just being so off guard like that um, definitely makes us wish that I feel like if we were more prepared, we could have branched out a bit more and um, could have, could have done a bit more, but like we, no one, no one saw it coming at all. Um, but yeah, I just hope, um, I'm glad that we did have the summer at least to kind of plan out our things and um, start kind of prepping for the fall. Uh, but I was curious, um, how does, how does your school look like or what is it going to look like for being in the fall as well? Because we're kind of all over the place at KU. Being a huge school, everyone's pretty nervous about, um, like I was going to be all online and then just yesterday I, I saw that I'm going to have half my classes in person and that's a huge shock to me. And yeah, just being a big school, people are kind of nervous about um, going back. Yeah, so for us, it's definitely, um, it's weird. I think they announced the reopening plans at, at this point, like three weeks ago, but they said any student could choose to go remote if they would want to. And they could go back on campus. And obviously there's a huge amount of restrictions. Everyone's room was changed around. And we have to wear a mask if we go outside. Classes are going to be taught differently or hopefully smaller. And it's just, but even then they gave it a lot of details, but there's so much uncertainty in what's going to happen. Like people know they have to move in and they have to quarantine when they move in. But they never said how they're going to get food in their rooms. They never said, oh, can they use the bathrooms? Because they're all communal bathrooms. Are they going to be safe? Are they going to be clean? Do the students have to clean their own bathrooms? Um, Howard, if someone finds out they actually are COVID positive and have been in their room the entire time, what happens to their roommate? Do they, does the school notify the family? And you're then, so I personally, I chose to go remote um, for the upcoming semester. And that's a lot of difficulties too, because we were told every student, like every class would have, would be able to accommodate remote students. And I've only heard back from like one class of how it's actually gonna work. So I don't know what my three other classes are gonna work. And I also like, I got offered this position to be a TA, which is weird because our school is finally like big enough to have TA positions because before that we never were. And I took it, but it's this weird thing of like, I'm not gonna be on campus. So I'm, I have, actually I have no idea how it's gonna work actually. But I'm not gonna be on campus, but I'm gonna be trying to be helping other students in my majors or these people taking that class. So it's just a full level of uncertainty but also, just, I guess, knowing the semester is going to happen at least a little bit on campus or for some people, but no one knows how it's going to look. And I think there's going to be a huge change to campus life. I think, I think but people will probably try to throw like a big party and then it'll get busted. And then everyone's going to realize, oh, we maybe should have stayed home because this is nothing like what campus was going to be or was like last year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty much assuming that I, um, I just kind of was reading something about some of the southern school, like a southern school just opened up to, um, the other day and um, they've already closed uh, closed it uh, because there there was, I think, two cases on the first day. Um, so that, and it was only, I think it was only an elementary school or something like that, um, a very small school. So going to a big school, uh, I don't know, roughly 20,000 kids, um, I'm fully expecting, I feel like most of everyone is pretty much expecting that 
um, you know, be expected to go, like be sent home pretty much. Uh, so I think that really takes a big damper on, you know, doing joining organizations like a radio station. Um, and I feel like that's another reason why people are hesitant to get involved because of the fear of just getting sent home or um, just, you know, campus just completely shutting down again, which I, I think is a really big possibility at this point. Um, considering that they sent us home at the beginning of spring semester when there wasn't even a case in the, like the Lawrence area confirmed. So, and you know, having cases relatively close and you know, in the county where Lawrence is, uh, I think poses a huge threat to, you know, um, the, the, yeah, the, what ends up to be, yeah, school's gonna be canceled, so. Um, which I guess to circle back around, I think that's going to be another reason why people aren't going to get engaged. Um, yeah. But, and then that asks the, it raises the question, are people even wanting to get engaged at this point when, yeah, they're, so it's a huge, it's a huge thing. It's a huge circle pretty much of people not wanting to get engaged and then people having the fear of getting engaged when they're going to get cut off. Um, so we will see. Um, has your area been hit particularly hard by COVID at any point, or have, have you guys been pretty good at taking, I guess, more proactive measures to prevent that from happening? Yeah, so we're in Massachusetts. That's one of the first states that got hit really hard, and we've been seeing a decrease in cases. I think actually we may have started to see a small uptick, but I know I could say in the northern area it is pretty rural, I don't think it's been hit very hard. I think there were some cases maybe in the community, but it's a, it's a small, it's a very, it's a rural area. There's probably not a city that's more than like 20,000 people and most are probably drastically lower. Where I, where my home is, which is 15 minutes north of Boston, we were like, we're still like number top 15th in the state for how bad it is. We had probably I know hundreds, I think, into a thousand plus cases and like 60 deaths. So it's definitely even an hour's drive in the same state was drastically different scenarios where, yes, I don't think our school has been hit. Is that area too hard? But also when you see, like we, we all left, I think, before stuff really got bad in Massachusetts, or at least we knew how bad it was. But now everyone's coming back from different states and we have a pretty, for our population, like large international community coming from different countries. And even then, if we have people come from Texas, that's a huge hotspot now. So it's like, how are they brought back into the community knowing that they could be bringing an infection with them or really anyone could be? So it's just weird. I would not be surprised if you see a big uptick in this, what is rural area of Massachusetts when students come back. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, even at Kansas, um, they're trying to, they, they announced that they were gonna try to test, pretty much to test everyone um, going back to school, but even then there hasn't really been any kind of thought or really plan on how they're gonna do it. It was just an announcement that they made, so. Um, which I guess was somewhat reassuring at first, but now that we're only about, what, 20, 20 days out from the start of school, yeah, it's kind of a, yeah, Jay, did you want to add something? 
Oh no, I was just gonna say we're about we're about three weeks and I only know that because I've been keeping track of how many more days I have to plan things. But yeah, it's it's concerning. Um I feel like kind of like you were saying earlier, Harrison, the the schools are pretty good about sending out emails that say a lot without really saying much at all. <laughs> We, we've gotten a lot of information that leaves, leaves more questions than we begin with, I think, in a lot of cases, which is frustrating. And I mean, I know on the part of the administration, that's going to be, they're making some really hard decisions, but it's, it's frustrating as a student to not know what's supposed to happen and to not really have all those details. So I think, honestly, that's something we're trying to avoid on our level as the radio station is you know, not not being able to have the information. We want to be really transparent with everybody about how things are going to run, kind of get our get our plans made before the semester starts, which is proving to be a little bit difficult, but we're we're working on it. But yeah, it's it's just a really big adjustment period for everybody, I think. Um sorry, Erin, I think I I think I jumped in in the middle. Did you did you have another question? Oh, no, that was that was it. I was just saying that, yeah, there's, um, even though, yeah, the school is trying to provide some type of um, reassurance, uh, pretty much in the long run, it's, you know, it's still, all these questions, you know, they, they say, make one statement, but there's like a hundred questions that everyone has. Um, so I think, yeah, in the long run, it just makes everything, you know, more difficult when, yeah, we're approaching school so fast. Um, well, I don't want to keep you too long, but uh, I just wanted to kind of leave some final remarks. Um, I really hope that, you know, you have a great year uh, with with everything going on. And um, I really, yeah, it's really great to hear from someone else that, you know, you know, is in pretty much in the same situation as everyone here. So, um, but yeah, I wish you all the best. Uh, anything else you want to add? Harrison? Thank you uh, for speaking to me and letting me talk. I want to extend invitation to a moment in history series because I've been doing, starting to do interviews with other college stations and other people. I really haven't, so that was my cat or my headphone cord. Um, but anyway, I've been starting to do interviews with people from other stations across, the, hopefully across the country. And if any of you would like to be interviewed, that would be great. I think it'd be cool to hear what's like from a city in, or people in Kansas who go to school in Kansas because most have been like I've been interviewing New Englanders so it's a totally different experience that'd be great if any of you would like to be part of it for sure yeah if you ever want yeah I would totally be interested I really I'm so curious on how like everyone else is like I, I love to hear a different perspective because I've been you know stuck at home and I I've I haven't really been talking to like anyone new so I I really appreciate um yeah the opportunity to to be able to talk to new people I think I think that's that's something that I really miss I would say you know being on campus you know meeting a new face talking to someone and you know even if it's virtual I yeah I I, I value that I think I I realize I miss it yeah pretty much but yeah let me, yeah, let me know. Always, you can always email me back. I'd love to help out. I think that's what I'm kind of, I kind of, I'm now curious about how 
um, other radio stations are. So I'm also so I'm just reaching out to a few other ones too to get their opinion as well to see what's up. But I find it really interesting to see what's up. Definitely, there's a. I mean, I've at this point reached out to probably like over a hundred radio stations and probably like twenty-ish. I've gotten back a bit more, and some have been really receptive. Like uh, you all and being like one to work and talk to other people. Some haven't been as much, but I think everyone in our situation for people who really like spend time doing college radio and care about it, we're all sort of in this weird spot of not knowing what the future is going to look like. Yeah, I think so. Um, so do you have any final question kind of, do you have any um, kind of like future concerns or uh, like, how would you, how would you, I'm trying to word this correctly um I will like what would you say to kind of incoming freshmen or you know a new member that's coming into this um into a radio station um kind of like what would you say to them that's a good question um probably that it's gonna be weird at first and a little bit more difficult than it should be but it's still important because it's a fun activity to do and it's most likely not going to get the chance to do something like this after school or after college because there aren't a lot of public radio stations that just let anyone have a show but take the opportunity now to still get involved because you don't want to you don't want to end up junior year or senior year realizing that you didn't join a club or didn't do anything fun for sure yeah I mean, yeah, like on our side, it's kind of all the I wouldn't say losers, but you know kind of these music people you know that don't really fit into, you know, sports, I would say, and, you know, but, you know, kind of the, kind of the catch-all, I would say, we, it's a pretty diverse area, and, you know, everyone's pretty on the same page as everything, so, yeah, that's what, it, yeah, I'd say it's okay, get involved, it's gonna be good, but we will hope, but, yeah, I hope you all the best, um, I hope that it turns out to be not as bad as the semesters, we're all hoping it's not, but, um, I'm so optimistic at least. Uh, so yeah. Great. Yeah, it was really nice to meet you. Um, thanks for reaching out to us. I think that really sparked some interest on our part in, in looking at, oh, hey, what are, what are other radio stations doing? Because before that, we'd kind of been in our own little bubble. But I think this was a really great conversation. And it's like Aaron said, it's always great to gain some outside perspectives. So thank you for that. Thank you, Liv, for letting me talk to you all. It's been great. Yeah. 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 And yeah, feel free to reach out again. Um, so yeah, if you want me, I can send you this. Uh, I guess I'll stop recording it now. Hopefully. Okay.